0: Points for the asteroids. Points for the saucer. Points for the Death Star
1: <laughs> Hmm. That's that's from the music man, isn't that? That's that's kinda familiar. Why is it Wait a minute, he parodied the same song from the same musical just in April. That is a big no-no. Do you remember when Weird Al parodied the Michael Jackson song, Bad, twice on the same album, once with Fat, which was about ham on whole wheat, and once with Fad, which was about pet rocks? No. That's because you don't do it. You don't parody the same song twice, especially that closely together. I mean, come on. Let's see, Asteroids Deluxe. Let's pick another musical. How about Annie? It's a hard rock life there that was easy or you want to go more modern let's do a frozen song do you want to blast an asteroid it's not that hard the songs basically write themselves ah this is so frustrating you don't do that you don't parody the same song for both space invaders and asteroids deluxe come on just start the show already
0: Hey there, I guess it's time to do another episode of the Atari 7800 Homebrew Podcast. Lucky you, Sean here, as usual. Notice that I never get a substitute, I'm going to have to consider that sometime, see if uh, someone else can uh, substitute for me, like if I'm on vacation or something, or if I take ill. Um, Does that ever happen in podcasting when a single host podcast has a fill-in? It'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? I don't know. But um, anyway, um, hi. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I hope you don't mind. But there's just something I just want to get out just because I feel it's necessary, if you will. Uh, This episode is coming out on the day before uh, Father's Day, at least Father's Day here in uh, the United States. And uh, I feel it'd be just... Kind of weird if I didn't just acknowledge it. Uh, I am lucky enough that both of my parents are still here and that I was raised by two loving parents. I feel very fortunate enough about that. Uh, I didn't say anything about Mother's Day, but that was, I think, because the episode was not the weekend of Mother's Day. I mean, my both of my parents they're great people. They are wonderful parents. Uh, yeah, I, there are times when they make me roll my eyes, but of course who can't say that about their parents? You know, it's my mother once told me that it is a mother's job to drive her children insane. And uh, from what I can tell from everybody else, I know that seems to be the case, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. They're still with us. They're still healthy as far as, um, I'm aware. Um, and, um, happy father's day to all the dads out there. Um, I am not a dad, <laughs> but, um, I, I always say my, my, my dad's like not the most exciting guy in the world, but thing is he's a really, really good person. He's a nice guy. He and my mom both raised me right. Um, I learned a lot from him and, um, I'm very fortunate that he's not only still with us, but also that I had a relationship with him. Like um, my dad, I don't know if he ever knew his own father. Uh, there's a long story behind that, that I don't even know. I, I, I once told my mother, how I was trying to like do some family history research. And she told me, don't even bother with your father. He won't, he refuses to talk about it. <laughs> But he was raised by an aunt and an uncle, and his mom died when he was a little kid. And I don't think he ever really knew his father. Um, my mother never had a good relationship with her dad. Yeah, my, my grandfather was not a good man. Uh, my, my grandmother was an absolute saint to put up with him for 70 years. God bless her. But uh, seriously, like if your parents are still with you and they're, they're part of your life and you've ever had a good relationship with them, make sure you that they know that you love them. It's that's very important. And what else can I say? Um, So that's all. I just wanted to get out about that. Happy father's day, everybody who's a father. And let's talk about um, something a little bit more on topic. Uh, what have I been doing lately in terms of video games? Uh, I'm glad to say that I've had a little bit of video game action recently. I've been taking part in both the Atari age and Atari.io high score thingies, if you will. They call them different things on each of the, the boards. I played some Atari 2600 Defender. I don't care what anybody says. I love that version of Defender. It's I think it's great. I always did. I loved it since day one. I know it is vastly different from the arcade Defender, but one thing I love about the 2600 Defender is that I can start a game and I can actually play it for a while before the game's over can't say that about the arcade defender. Uh, I'm not saying I don't like the arcade defender. I really do, but you know, Oh yeah. I played, uh, uh this episode's game as well, as well as Atari 2600 asteroids and, uh, rolled the score on that. So I just kind of gave up, uh, cause I was like, you know what? I don't need to play any further. <laughs> and, um, what else, what else? Oh yeah. I took a trip to underground retrocade in West Dundee, Illinois. Um, I will talk about them a little bit later, but, um, I had a nice time there. I upped my centipede high score. Um, it was just a hair over 200,000 and I think I made it to like 216,000 baby steps, baby steps. And while I was over there, I saw some guy play Mr. Do and he was on that same machine for the longest time. And I kept walking past him and he was just, insane i mean, i i noticed that the scene number was like 67 or something i saw him roll the score i was like man and it tur- I, I guess he is a regular i just never saw him there before and every time i saw him at a game he was like he was sitting down on a stool in deep 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 concentration and with an insanely high score it's like crazy crazy and uh, there's also some video game related stuff that was happening um Last weekend they were filming the Rampage movie here in Chicago. It was downtown. I was I was thinking of going there because I have a Rampage Film Crew t-shirt that I bought from Brian Colen who created the Rampage video game. And I just wanted to see if that would get me anywhere. (laughs) But um I they were filming downtown. It was too early in the morning. I didn't want to have to wake up really, really early to go downtown. So I slept a little longer. And, uh, I did wear my rampage film crew t-shirt that day. Cause I had to go out and do a few things and, uh, nobody seemed to be impressed, <laughs> but, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Brian Cohen was, I guess he was on site there to watch the filming. He was just absolutely in cloud nine. He, I mean, he was, I, I guess it's one thing to be hired as a artist for a video game company and see your work come to life as a video game, but to have it become a major motion picture starring The Rock, I guess that's like something that goes way beyond that, but he's just absolutely giddy, so I was glad to see that. I haven't heard one way or another, really, but I hope they leave a lot of the comedy aspects of Rampage in there, because let's face it, Rampage is a funny game. That's basically a Brian Cohen trademark, is that there has to be laughs in the game like arch rivals of course if if you like basketball games there's arch rivals and what i love about arch rivals is of course you get to punch your opponent in the face (laughs) and do stuff you can't really do in real basketball that was uh, arch rivals was mainly done by jeff nauman he conceived it and everything but brian Collins stepped in and said you know what you gotta let people foul each other and he also came up with the concept of deep pantsing your opponent i love that you can you can only do that in the arcade version i think i think you can only deep pants your opponent in the arcade version none of the home versions brian Cohen also did um i suddenly can't remember the name of it oh uh, hold on a sec Xenophobe. That's what it's called. Xenophobe. Uh, and that's how it's pronounced, by the way. It's not pronounced Xenophobe. I, I personally asked Brian once. I said, dude, is it supposed to be pronounced Xenophobe or Xenophobe? He said Xenophobe. And of course, Pigskin, which I think is my favorite of the Jeff Nauman, Brian Colon games. I love Pigskin. If you've never played that, it's basically a kind of a medieval um, rugby and it's basically uh, did wait actually did Jeff Nauman work on that? I don't know, but it's a rugby game and it's set in medieval times and it's basically arch rivals with rugby, but with the violence amplified about five billion times. It's uh, base it's funny violence. That's it's very cartoonish. So, um, man, I'd love to see that for the uh, seventy eight hundred, but. <laughs> anyway that that's what was going on here that was pretty exciting rampage filming here i know that they did change a little bit of the story at least from the original concept of you know scum labs basically poisoning people turning them into uh b-movie film monsters but uh oh well we'll see what happens hey brian colin likes it must be good so what can i say and um While I'm thinking about it, I need to correct an error. In the previous episode, I was talking about where I saw the um, semi-legal, questionably legal game Crazy Kong. I referred to it as Crazy Climber. I meant Crazy Kong. Thank you to uh, Jimmy G for pointing that out to me. So, yeah, uh, sorry about that. I hope that didn't add to any confusion that already existed. (laughs) Oh, well, I don't really think there's much else to talk about in those regards. So you know what? Heck with it. Let's talk about the history of this episode's game, and that is Asteroids Deluxe. Asteroids Deluxe was designed by Dave Shepard. He also worked on Night Driver, Tempest, Space Duel, and Gauntlet Legends, among other games. And Asteroids Deluxe was released in the arcades either March or May 1981, depending on which source you wish to believe. Asteroids had already been a hit in the arcades, so Atari was working on a sequel they were going to call Space Duel. But because the original Asteroids was deemed too easy, experts could spend hours on the same game, in the same quarter, same token, whatever. And of course, arcade owners are upset about that because that means that's less money, that gamers are pumping into the coin slots. So Atari halted work on Space Duel so that they could focus on making a more challenging version of Asteroids. Of course, that more challenging version is what we now know as Asteroids Deluxe. Unfortunately though, many players found Asteroids Deluxe to be too hard, and as a result, the game was a relative flop. Keeping that in mind, What was Atari's Centipede sequel? Well, it was called Millipede, but actually the working title was Centipede Deluxe. I don't think it's ever been proven, but the speculation is that the reason that they changed the title from Centipede Deluxe to Millipede is basically fear that the word Deluxe would turn people off because they'll be like, oh, well, Asteroids Deluxe wasn't so Deluxe. And Space Invaders Deluxe wasn't really all that successful either, even though it was not really an Atari property, but still, that word Deluxe attached to a game, well, that might spell disaster, so they wanted to avoid it. Keeping all this in mind, though, I wonder why they just didn't continue with Space Duel, unless maybe there was just so much work involved with Space Duel, and they just wanted something out sooner, I don't know. But we'll talk about that in a future episode. As with its predecessor, Asteroids Deluxe was a vector game, those of you who aren't in the know, a vector game is basically, well, if you ever see those video, like the Vectrex, for example, that's a, all those are vector graphics. Tempest is a vector game. Asteroids in the arcade is a vector game. Space duel battle zone, basically black screen with uh, a lot of shapes drawn. The reason that is called vector graphics is that the graphics are drawn by plotting a bunch of X, Y coordinates or vectors. And they need a special monitor to display vector graphics. So that's why things look the way they are. Instead of just painting polygons and things, the monitor will say, okay, well, here's one point, here's another point, now connect the lines. But anyway, Asteroids Deluxe was a monochrome vector game. It has a drawn background that a lot of players, including myself, find distracting. It's, a very, it's a, basically like a cartoon cell with kind of a lunar landscape in a way. And another problem is that most Asteroids Deluxe cabinets, the display is pretty dim. It's not very bright. And that's even including MAME, believe it or not. The one exception I saw there's an arcade not far from me that had just opened in uh, Lyle, Illinois, uh, about a year ago from this recording. It's called Pixel Blast. And their Asteroids Deluxe machine is actually pretty bright. So it was very playable. In addition to the backdrop, Atari also made an overlay to put on the screen to give the graphics kind of a bluish, kind of an aqua-ish tint. Just as with the original Asteroids, you control a kind of pseudo-triangle, although this time it looks a little bit more like a spaceship, but you control that ship and the ship's job is to destroy everything on the screen, really. Also, as with the original Asteroids, there will be large saucers and small saucers on the screen from time to time. They will fire at Asteroids, they will fire at you. Oh, and by the way, once you reach 60,000 points, the accuracy of the saucers firing at you increases pretty greatly, so have fun with that. Not that I have to worry about that, I don't think I've ever gotten that high or ever gotten nearly that high in Asteroids Deluxe just as with the original asteroids, in asteroids deluxe, as you destroy those rocks, whether you do it or a saucer does it, the rocks break into smaller, smaller pieces. And they're basically three sizes of asteroids. You have a large, a medium, and a small. So far the gameplay is pretty much the same as original asteroids. In the first level, you have four large asteroids, in the second level you have five, and the third level you have six, etc. etc. etc level six and above, you actually have nine large asteroids. Your ship can have up to four shots on the screen at once. Your ship and your shots also wrap around the screen when necessary, just like with the original asteroids. Unlike the original asteroids, however, the asteroids in Asteroids Deluxe actually rotate. On the original arcade asteroids, they just kind of sit there and float around but in asteroids deluxe they kind of have an axis and they spin around so that makes it a little bit possibly more realistic well i don't know if realistic is a word but it makes it a little bit more interesting to look at i should say also unlike the original asteroids original asteroids had hyperspace but you do not have hyperspace in asteroids deluxe instead of hyperspace you have a shield And you activate the shield with a button on the control panel, a shield button. And the longer you hold that shield button, the longer the shield is activated. And of course, your shield will not be permanent. What would the point be if it were? Your game would never end. The shield has a total lifespan of 17 seconds. If you have your shield activated and an asteroid hits you, what happens is your ship will kind of be bumped across the screen a little bit and you will lose six seconds of protection off your shield total, I guess. And you only get one shield per ship. Your shields do not regenerate. You use up your shield, too bad, you're not getting a new shield until you lose a life, assuming you have another life in reserve, of course. Also with Asteroids Deluxe, hey, you gotta have more features or else it's not very deluxe, isn't it? But one of those extra features is there's now a Death Star which many people call the killer saucer. For the record, though, the arcade operations manual calls it a Death Star, lowercase d, lowercase s. The Death Star is a hexagon-shaped ship. When it is shot, either by you or by a saucer, it breaks apart into diamond-shaped ships that follow you. When a diamond-shaped ship is shot, say that 10 times when a diamond-shaped ship is shot, It breaks up into triangle-shaped ships that also follow you. And uh, I have a feeling, speaking, I mentioned Vectrex earlier, I have a feeling that some of the enemies in the Vectrex game Mindstorm actually take uh, that concept from this uh, Death Star thing. If you do manage to avoid the triangles long enough, though, they will turn away and leave. Personally, though, I like getting as many points as possible, so my strategy with the Death Star is is when the Death Star is broken into diamonds and triangles, I thrust as far away as I safely can without making them reverse and chase me around the other side of the screen. But what I basically do is try to get them to align as single file as possible and then basically rapid fire blast them away. And uh, that works pretty well for me. My theory about the Death Star, I haven't seen anything to confirm this. Uh, It might be under my nose for all I know, but my theory about as to why they put the Death Star in is that in the original asteroids, a lot of players would just kind of point press the game by hiding out in the corner, leaving just one asteroid on the screen and just hiding out in the corner, waiting for a saucer to appear and just blow away the saucer and just get the saucer points over and over and over as long as possible. My theory is that the Death Star was put in here to avoid that possibility, because what happens is Saucer comes out and shoots the Death Star, it breaks up into pieces that'll chase you around, and if they touch you, you die. So point pressing is not really easy in this regard. And at least with the arcade version of Asteroid Deluxe, as far as I can tell, the Death Star first appears in a wave when you completely destroy an asteroid and it's resulting smaller asteroids. Might be wrong, but that's the pattern that I kind of figured out. And in some levels, you will have more than one Death Star on the screen at the same time, if I remember correctly. But hey, I'm not the greatest Asteroids Deluxe player in the world, so hey, maybe I'm misremembering something. So now that I gave you an overview of Asteroids Deluxe, Let's talk about how Asteroids Deluxe came about on the Atari 7800. Asteroids Deluxe is actually a hack of the original Atari 7800 Asteroids, which, by the way, is my favorite Asteroids game out there. All the versions of Asteroids, the arcade version, the 2600 version, the 7800 version is my favorite. So Bob DiCrescenzo took that version of Asteroids and hacked it into Asteroids Deluxe. Now, simple hacks I don't really like to talk about on this podcast, but Asteroids Deluxe is much more than just a simple hack. There's a lot of rewriting in it. There are a lot of features added that basically take it beyond what would just be considered a hack There were significant changes and additions to both the code and the gameplay, although not quite as much as we had in Donkey Kong PK as in the prior episode. The first hint that Asteroids Deluxe was about to happen was on June 11th, 2007, when Bob posted a screenshot using the emulator called Pro System. At this point, the Death Star didn't split into diamonds and triangles yet, but instead it split into smaller asteroids and the shields still need to be implemented. Now note that I said that Bob posted a screenshot. He didn't actually post the ROM file because he didn't want to post one until those features were actually ready to go. Bob did say that he was interested in eventually doing Space Duel, and he said that the reason that he posted the Asteroids Deluxe screenshot was kind of a fire under his seat, if you will. He figured that if he got a positive reaction from it, it meant that he was pretty much obligated to finish the game, so he posted that screenshot basically to keep himself motivated to finish it. On June 22nd, he posted a screenshot of the options screen, which showed two-player ships and the phrase team play, implying that there was a two-player cooperative mode. And, of course, that would have been carried over from the original 7800 Asteroids, which had two player modes in it to begin with. There was also a screenshot of the game in action. On June 27th, so we're talking over two weeks after the first screenshot, Bob posted the first work-in-progress ROM. At this point, there were some sounds that still needed to be tweaked, and Bob was considering doing some more work with the Death Star. At this point, the game had a single button configuration, meaning you could use a joystick that only had one button on it. That one button would handle both firing and the shields. If you wanted to fire, you would just simply tap the button. If you wanted to activate the shield, you would hold down the button. The diamonds and the triangles that broke off from the Death Star weren't behaving exactly as they do in the arcade because, well, Bob was having trouble figuring out how to program it. Two days later, there was a new work-in-progress version that tweaked some of the sounds to make them more closely resemble the sounds in the arcade version. There was some additional sounds, and also Bob tweaked the programming of the high scorecard ID. Um, just to give you a little bit of information about this, um, I, I'm not a developer for the 7800, so I'm not 100% sure if what I'm saying is accurate, but at least it's in the ballpark. In these homebrews that use the high-score cartridge, and by that I mean whether it's the XM high-score cart or if you have um, uh, some kind of high-score unit yourself like the Atari Vox or some other thing that keeps high scores, then what happens is each game that uses it has its own unique ID. And there was apparently some kind of a issue with the ID that Asteroids Deluxe was using, so there needed to be some fixes there, so Bob worked on that. And Bob also felt that the asteroids were spinning too quickly, so he slowed them down a skosh. Two days later, again July 1st, there was a new work in progress posted with some graphical enhancements and some more tweaks. Bob wanted this to be the final version unless somebody found more bugs. And because he couldn't figure out how to get a degree measurement from the distance between the triangles and the player's ship... The way the Death Star and its components behaved would not match the arcade version 100%. July 5th, Bob posted another work in progress in which he did figure out how to get the triangles to rotate toward the player's ship. Um, The reason I'm mentioning that is because up until this point, what would happen is when the triangles started following your ship, instead of kind of rotating around, turning like they do in the arcade version, they just kind of really quickly snapped backwards and he just wanted to make it look a little bit better, a little bit more true to the arcade version. On July 7th, Bob posted a release candidate. The triangles now had improved artificial intelligence, and they behaved closer to how they do in the arcade version. And also, the shields now followed that six-second rule that I talked about earlier. Bob didn't realize that the shields worked that way. On July 9th, Bob posted that he had updated the game so that it implements the triangles leaving after a while, and he also added an auto-fire feature that was in the arcade game but had not yet been present in his hack. Mind you, I said that Bob said that he had worked those features and he didn't actually post the ROM until two days later on July 11th. Also, in that version that was posted on July 11th, fonts were modified a bit because Bob didn't really like the fonts that were used for the on-screen text, as opposed to the off-screen text, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) But there was a bug in which your ship, when it was shielded, got bumped across the screen if it were shot by a flying saucer. That's not supposed to happen, so he fixed that bug. He also refined a few of the sprites, and he hinted that the Asteroids Deluxe hack he was working on was approved by Atari Interactive. He didn't flat out say so, but he kind of implied that they might have been uh, supportive of him for this. So, flash forward a couple of weeks, July 29th, Bob announced that that July 11th release candidate was going to be the final version, as nobody had reported any bugs from it. He announced that the game would be sold in the Atari Age store if Atari Interactive was okay with it. And he said, and I quote, In the meantime, I'm working on Space Duel, Smiley Emoticon. August 28th, Bob implied that Space Invaders was also going to be worked on. Gee, um, there was already an episode released about Space Invaders. Do you think it happened? Hmm? Also on that day, Bob posted a revised version of the ROM that fixed an issue he was having with the Large Saucer. September 13th, Bob posted another final version of the ROM, Apparently, there were some collision detection issues that needed to be fixed up, and he also cleaned up some minor graphical issues. September 17th. Uh, oops, that September 13th version ended up not being final because um, there was an issue with two-player simultaneous modes, and Bob fixed that and posted a new ROM on the 17th. October 4th. Bob posted a PAL version for people who don't have NTSC 7800s. And um, on October 8th and October 11th, he posted updated versions of the PAL version with some bug fixes. October 14th, Bob posted what he hoped would be the final versions of both the PAL and the NTSC Asteroids Deluxe ROMs going back to how Bob said that if Atari Interactive was okay with it, that uh, Asteroids Deluxe would be in the Atari Age store. Well, guess what? It is in the Atari Age store as I record this. (laughs) I will put a link to that in the show notes, of course. The cartridge label was designed by John Calcano, a.k.a. Atari Boy 2600 on Atari Age, and there is an Asteroids box available from Mark Oberhäuser. Bob actually did redesign the label himself and he posted some images of it on February 10th, 2012, but as far as I know, John Calcano's original labels are still the ones that are in use, and they resembled the typical classic Atari 7800 silver labels that we're all familiar with. There were some features missing from the arcade game though. For one, there's no backdrop. You don't have that little lunar backdrop. Keep in mind that that was actually a physically painted part of the cabinet, it wasn't actually part of the electronics. Bob said that he considered doing it, but there was no room for it in the code. And also, instead of having that blue tint, it's just a standard black and white monochrome gameplay. I haven't talked about scoring yet, but let me talk about that, and I'm gonna use the manual for Asteroids Deluxe as a guide. As is pretty common, actually, whether it be a homebrew or officially licensed title goes from arcade to a home console. Some terminology might change. For example, the bonus prize in Pac-Man. Well, since Pac-Man had several different bonus prizes, of course, when it made the transition to Atari 2600, it suddenly became known as a vitamin pill, and the dots became known as video wafers. So having said that, the Death Stars and Asteroids Deluxe are referred to as killer satellites in the manual that comes with the homebrew version. And something else I should mention is that the manual clearly states copyright 2007 Atari Interactive, basically affirming that this has Atari's sanction on it. So those of you who say, oh, these homebrewers, they're violating copyright. Uh, No, no. Uh, Clearly, Bob had permission with this. But uh, going through the scoring, let's see if you destroy. Let's start with the asteroids. The large asteroids are 20 points each. The medium asteroids are 50 points each. And the small asteroids are 100 points each. And the saucers, the large one, gets you 200 points, and the small one gets 1,000 points. And now the Death Star, a.k.a. Killer Satellite. That'll get you 50 points, and when you destroy the Killer Satellite, it breaks up into what's called a double wedge, which is the diamond-shaped thingy. And those are 100 points, and when you destroy those, they break up into wedges, which are the triangular things, and those are 200 points, and every 10,000 points, you get a bonus ship. If you are playing a two-player competitive game, if you shoot your opponent's ship, that's 500 points. And by the way, the way it works in a two-player game is the game continues until basically both players have no lives. And um, what else can I say? That is how the scoring works in Asteroids Deluxe. And by the way, speaking of the manual, it's really, really well done. The, it's basically just a simple, like, I don't know, eight by 10 piece of paper folded in half. And uh, it's glossy. The cover is full color and it's absolutely gorgeous. So congratulations, John Culcano on that great work. And whenever possible, I do like to talk about high scores on these games. Of course, sometimes it's just not feasible With the homebrews, but there are a couple that I do want to mention. Uh, The highest I could find for novice mode was 406,100 points done by Wilson Oyama back in uh, 2014, I believe. And as I record this, Asteroids Deluxe is part of the Atari Age High Score Club, part number 13 that is, in which you pick either asteroids or asteroids deluxe for the 7800 to compete and let's see right now who is in the running for asteroids deluxe in expert mode oh i believe that is this guy right here uh i believe i'm the guy here 34,040 that's expert setting i can't believe it i'm actually beating oyama family wilson oyama (laughs) but uh it's still very early in that competition And um, one thing I should mention is that on Twin Galaxies, which is kind of sort of the official world record video game scorekeeper, there is a score for the Atari 7800 Asteroids Deluxe. And according to the entry in Twin Galaxies, the record score for the Atari 7800 Asteroids Deluxe is 188,540, performed by Ron Corcoran. The date that it was verified was June 11th, 2001. Anybody notice anything wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I can actually hear you over your podcast player. Yes, that's right. Asteroids Deluxe wasn't even made until 2007. So there is something invalid about that entry. There's a discussion thread on Twin Galaxies about impossible scores. And I did comment on there that that is literally an impossible score unless they got the date wrong. And somebody followed up and said, you know what, I think Walter Day might have entered that under the wrong track. It should have been under Arcade, most likely. But that was over a year ago, and it's still there. But that's the single-player track. There's also a track for two-player team that doesn't have any scores on it. So having said that, the first entry for that automatically gets the world record. And um, about a year ago, Jimmy G and I, keeping that in mind, actually recorded ourselves playing that track, and I've yet to submit it to Twin Galaxies, (laughs) but hopefully this is a good kick in the pants to remind me to do that. Say, uh, you know what would be a dandy idea? It'd be a dandy idea if we heard what other people have to say about the 7800 Asteroids Deluxe, starting with TrekMD on Atari.io, who says, The one aspect of Atari's version of Asteroids for the 7800 that many players dislike is that it does not have the vector-style graphics of the original game. Well, Bob DiCrescenzo decided to address this by hacking Atari's original game into something that more closely resembles the arcade game, while adding the elements from the arcade deluxe version of Asteroids to the title. The goal of the game is, as before, blast all the Asteroids into smithereens Just
1: to, win the like you.
0: to get the highest score. Gone are the colors and the rounded, rotating Asteroids. Now there are vector-style asteroids, alien ships, and starships, all rendered in their glorious monochromatic fashion of the arcade. In addition, you now have to deal with the killer satellites that break down into smaller segments and take aim at your ship and will not stop until they destroy you or you destroy them first. As with Atari's original game, two-player simultaneous action is also present, so you can choose to either compete against another player, where you are vulnerable to each other's weapons, or cooperate, where you are not vulnerable to your partner's weapons. Either way, you are certain to have a blast with Asteroids Deluxe. I see what you did there, MD. (laughs) In fact, this is as much a must-have title as the original Atari 7800 Asteroids, given that one plays like the original 1979 title, and the other is really a port of the 1981 version of the game. So what are you waiting for? Call a friend and start shooting some asteroids. And thank you, TrekMD, for that thoughtful feedback. I really need to address one thing you brought up when you said that um, many 7800 players don't like the 7800 asteroids because it doesn't have vector-style graphics. I never understood that. It's just... uh... Why does it have to be vector style just because of the display that Atari happened to choose to use when the, uh, the game first came out I never understood that it's weird because I always think about it and I think, you know what? I don't really like vector games, but when I go to an arcade, I do spend a lot of time playing Tempest. And, um, if there's an asteroids deluxe, I'm there cause it's my favorite asteroids game. And, uh, I'm really getting into black widow lately and Omega race. I love Omega race. So that's what four titles. I think that mentioned that I really like that are vector games. <laughs> I don't know. My mind's torn, but the 7,800 asteroids is actually my favorite of all the versions of asteroids out there, whether it be the arcade, the 2600, simply because of those graphics. I love those rotating graphics. And those of you who don't like the 7800 Asteroids because it's not the Vector style, think about this. You have an Atari 7800. It's 1984 or 1986, depending on the situation. You get your Atari 7800 with its advanced graphics capabilities. You know, it's the next console that Atari comes out with after the 2600 and the 5200. You fire up the Asteroids cartridge that you paid good money for, and you start the game and... It's all just outlines. Is that really going to, do you really not think that's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths thinking, wait, where are the, where are these advanced graphics that this system should be able to do? But yeah, I just, I love those rotating asteroids. I love the 3d effect they kind of have and the two player simultaneous mode. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing. That's a holdover from the original Atari. If you have someone you can play those two player games with that really, really, really adds a lot of fun to it. It really does, and that's true for just about any video game title out there. And one of the advantages of, of, for example, Centipede on the 7800 is that you can play two-player simultaneous games, so that's that's great. And TrekMD, thanks again for your thoughtful feedback. On Atari Age, we hear from S. Ramirez2008, and S. Ramirez2008 writes, In this excellent redo of the Atari 7800 version of Asteroids, Bob DiCrescenzo has managed to incorporate the necessary elements to make this a faithful representation of the arcade sequel to Asteroids. Graphics have been remade in vector-like fashion. The killer satellite has been added with AI that allows it to pursue you kamikaze style. Hyperspace has been replaced by a shield that allows you to bounce off your enemies, and the redesigned spaceship has been accurately captured. Game variations include standard play, competition asteroids, yes, you can shoot your opponent, and team asteroids, no, you cannot shoot your teammate. Overall, I really like this cart. The gameplay, physics, and sounds are really good. I feel like I'm playing Asteroids Deluxe and not a simple hack of 7800 Asteroids. Oh, I forgot to mention that the manual cover art is a nice representation of the arcade side graphics and background. It's the little things nice touch and um thank you so much for that um s ramirez 2008 and um i am now looking at the man i I can't find my manual i know i have it around somewhere but i'm looking at the asteroids deluxe manual on atari age and then flipping over to the uh killer list of video games pictures of the side art i don't know it's it's a um, it's hard to tell because the the way that the cabinet is turned in these pictures, it's hard to tell that it actually is a reproduction of that side art, but nonetheless, the manual is absolutely beautiful, as is the side art on the arcade game. Atari arcade games from that era are so well done in terms of the side art. They're just really a thing of beauty. In fact, Underground Retrocade, which I've mentioned several times in this podcast in West Dundee, Illinois, they have a row of Atari games in the arcade and they're angled so that the side art is clearly visible and it's really really a cool site to look at. I'll I'll have to see if I have a picture of that. And I'll post it in the show notes if I do. Oh, if I don't, then that's an excuse to go back. So, <laughs> S Ramirez 2008. Thank you for once again sending some very thoughtful feedback. There is a response from Trevor who says, Asteroids Deluxe comes smashing onto the Atari 7800. But why is it worth playing? And it most certainly is. And what separates it from the already existing retail Asteroids game? First, vector graphics. Well, not truly vector, as you're still utilizing a raster display. But the simulated look of vectorized graphics is achieved most acceptably and an excellent throwback to how the original looks under its arcade counterpart. It is not just graphics receiving an update that makes this such a worthy game to play and own, but there are significant gameplay differences as well. For starters, there is no more hyperspace-slash-warping from one place to another. It has been replaced with shields that, just like the arcade original, deplete according to usage. Following suit with the arcade original as well, the Asteroids come in three different sizes. The large asteroids turn to medium when shot, medium when shot turns to small, small disappears when shot. Additionally, the killer satellite enemy is also present, which when shot breaks into smaller ships that attack kamikaze style. Flying saucers are present, and of course, screen wrapping works as it did with the original retail title. If that isn't enough for the Asteroids fan, with a second player on board, there is the option to play alternating turns, competitive on-screen simultaneous, or as a team. Coupled with the four levels of difficulty slash challenge settings, it creates a one-size-fits-all Asteroids port that is hard to beat. Not much else to state, this is as good as it gets Arcade Asteroids Deluxe port under a classic Raster 8-bit platform. The game plays great, looks great, and is a great addition to the 7800 library. Thank you, Trevor. And yeah, I agree. Definitely a great addition. Uh, I was very happy to get it myself when I got it, and I'm a happy camper now, some years later, still playing it, of course. Fun game. Fun. Absolutely fun. Great implementation. What I like about Bob's implementation of it is it does seem slightly easier than the arcade, so you get a little bit more bang for your buck that way i feel and let's see look toilet tunes chimes in looks like uh, toilet tunes is a fairly recent asteroids deluxe player toilet tune says first impressions hey the asteroids don't look like marbles rapid fire take that pro hand cramps ooh a boss level cosmic pizza shoot it once then the slices attack nice there's a shield wait now i'm bouncing everywhere <laughs> This breathes new life into a tired classic. While I'm not an Asteroids fan, there's enough replay value here to make it worthwhile. Sometimes I wish there were more color, but I understand why there isn't. Sometimes when you respawn, you're immediately killed by another Asteroid. I give it a solid rating overall. Toiletunes, thank you very much for that. Yeah, I forgot there is rapid fire in Asteroids Deluxe. Good point, good point cosmic pizza that used to be a band i was in in college or was it something that nah, wasn't something else yeah that's right i forgot i was not in a band ever but <laughs> what else can i say about that i mean yeah more color i hear you right there yeah i know this is supposed to be monochrome but you know i i like a little color in my games i really do but hey next episode's game is gonna remedy that thank you so much toilet tunes <music> So congratulations, everybody. You just sat through another episode of the Atari 7800 Homebrew Podcast and lived to tell about it. Thank you so much for doing that, by the way. Final thoughts on Asteroids Deluxe? I don't know. I just, I really like it. I like the Homebrew version, and in terms of the arcade version, it is my favorite Asteroids game of the series. I like it better than Asteroids, like it better than Space Duel. I like it better than Blasteroids. What more can I say? I highly recommend it. And um, yeah, but uh, before I forget, I want to thank uh, the people who have reached into their pockets and supported this show monetarily through Patreon. And uh, that would be Great Defender. Thank you. Jimmy G. Thank you. Richard Valdez. Thank you. And Ed Laddin Controllers. Thank you. And if you wish to join the party and sponsor this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash homebrew78, that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, by the way. And while I'm at it, I also extend a hearty thank you to Phil the No Swear Gamer for his help with uh, this episode. And I will put a link to the No Swear Gamer YouTube channel in the show notes. I keep waiting for him to crack and start swearing. So far, hasn't happened yet. And you can email me at homebrew78, at fab4 that's the number 4 by the way it.com you can go to the show notes page and read the show notes and um that is at homebrew78.fab4it.com and our twitter handle our twitter handle well yeah i guess so heck with well, this is everybody's show not just mine isn't that corny yep <laughs> but uh the twitter handle is homebrew78 and don't be shy if you would like to contribute vocally to the podcast. I accept audio submissions too, be it wave, flac, MP3, AIFF, whatevs. So you know what? I've mentioned Space Duel a couple of times in this episode, so I think I better get my yayas out and talk about Space Duel for episode fourteen. So the next episode, Space Duel, another Bob DiCrescenzo asteroids sequel. So, yeah, um, in the meantime, what else do I have to say other than please give these hardworking homebrew developers the support they deserve? I will be talking to you again next time with Space Duel. You have been warned.
1: Ho, ho, ho! Happy Easter! Here are 7800 Easter
0: Eggs for your Easter enjoyment. Now be good, boys and girls, and don't listen to these unless you want spoilers. Ho, ho,
1: ho! Happy Easter!
0: It's been a while since we had an episode with an Easter egg, hasn't it been? So I figured, hey, now's a good time. In the July 7th release candidate, Bob added this Easter egg. Hold down the pause button while powering on your Atari 7800. You'll find that the regular, old-fashioned Asteroids will launch, but it'll be vector-style just like the arcade game, and it will also be compatible with your high-score device. has its own unique ID. Bob originally wanted to implement a couple of player options for both Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe. He wanted to let the player choose between hyperspace or shields in either variation, and let the player choose vector-style graphics or raster-style graphics, Raster, of course, being the regular, full, drawn versions with colors and backgrounds and everything. But unfortunately, the game in its 32K size didn't have enough room to allow those options. And just for comparison's sake, the original Atari 7800 Asteroids was only 16K, only half the size of what Asteroids Deluxe ended up being. And S. Ramirez 2008 chimed in about the Easter egg here. He says, an added bonus is the Hidden Asteroids Vector Edition, which makes this a great two-in-one purchase. Yeah, you really get two games in one. Good point, S. Ramirez 2008. Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, It's actually almost summer, isn't it? Oh, well. Happy Easter!